The Versecast is brought to you by Engine. Create your free community website at enjin.com. I'm here. Did you get the keys from Gleep's liquor cabinet before he left? Nope. I just got in with a lock and pick. So excellent. Uh, we may we need to replace the door, or at least the. Uh, oh, that's not good. Yeah, maybe the lock. I've got uh, I've got a razor, so we can notch the bottles. So whatever we drink, we can fill back up with water. Fantastic. So that he doesn't know. Okay. I have friends that uh, have a fake ID that are getting beer as well. Oh, great. I mean, not that we need fake IDs at this point. I think we're old enough. But uh, <laughs> uh, that said. That said, Gleep is not here. Dad is on vacation somewhere in the desert. And what does that mean? Party! Hey, woo! To quote weird science, there's going to be sex, drugs, rock and roll, chips, dips, Chains, whips, you know, the usual stuff. Anything. It's anything goes. <laughs> we are Those Guys with Ships. This is episode 62 of the Versecast, the best damn Star Citizen podcast out there. This is going to be a lot of me talking tonight, uh, so I will probably trip over my own tongue. Everyone be advised. Oh, you haven't been doing all of this before? I mean, what's what's your, your radio show, if not just you talking endlessly? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Fair enough. And I do like to talk, but usually Gleep is the one that does, does the intros and the outros, and he's got all that stuff locked down. So this is my first time, or second time. I've only driven the bus one other time. It was me and John. Are, are your hands sweaty? You got spaghetti on your sweater? Are you, are you, are you, are you ready? Oh, I'm totes nervous. Let's do this, chums. <laughs> So, um, just a little, a little, uh, a, a little notice. There will be no show next week. Uh, it will be. Uh, we will be taking off for President's Day. Uh, as I said before, the weakest excuse not to do a show ever. But you know, we need the break, and you know, Gleep's getting a nice little two-week vacation out of it. I th- lucky dog. Think I think my work is taking President's Day off, which has never happened for me. Wow, I um. The, the industry that I work in, um, I never, ever, ever get off. I have, like, Fourth of July and Christmas Day off oh, and New Year's Day, I've, I've, and that's I've it. I've been there. When I worked uh, for call centers for tech, a lot of tech industry businesses, you, you, just, you didn't have a day off. Someone was always working some days. So I've worked Christmas mornings and, and Fourth of July nights before. It's never pleasant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my favorite's always getting um, requests for bids. Uh, on like Thanksgiving Day or Christmas Eve, and it's always a you know, hey, listen, I'm really sorry, but it's like if you're really sorry, <laughs> you wouldn't have asked. <laughs> you wouldn't have asked, but okay. 
So, uh, yeah, we will not be around next week. We will be back the uh, following week, and we will be back uh, in status quo with Gleep piloting the ship. So in the meantime, let's get into CIG. Sound good? Works for me. All right, so first off, holy cow. I hit my one-year uh, subscriber uh, mark, and uh, in my hangar, I was flooded with all sorts of goodies. Um, I got my one-year uh, Centurion reward, which is a 10% coupon. Uh, and then I got a series of what I'm assuming were the um, milestone rewards. These are all the backer rewards. Yes, I had the same thing happen to me. I'm not a subscriber by any means, but uh, my, my hangar page list suddenly ballooned with all the rewards mm-hmm. that I had to sort of suddenly popping in. So I so, so you, did you backed around 47 million? I, I apparently, yeah, I got the uh, so I'll, I'll give you the list I got you tell me if, if what you got beyond this. So I got uh, 47 million reward engine tuning kit, 49 million reward uh, Xeon space plant, 52 million dollar reward uh, BB12 manned maneuvering unit. Um, okay. Uh, 55 million reward uh, Preacher uh, Armament Inquisition uh, 22 Gatling. 56 million dollar reward Jace Band Cairo Star Cooler. That should be like the name of a band. 100 million dollar reward uh, 2944 War Bond. Now, all of this stuff is great and amazing, and I was super excited. And I went to log into my hangar, and it is only in the virtual hangar of my mind because. None of this is in the hangar. Yeah, none of the assets are present yet. Um, so I know what some of these are. Um, and I, I just for, for clarity, I backed in uh, the 42 million mark. So the only other things Ooh, that I get okay. are the Explorer class uh, Moby Glass rig. It's an upgraded version of the Moby Glass. And well, a, Hadesian, a Hadesian artifact. It's a piece of space rock that apparently, uh, I think... I think, and this may be one of those scenarios where somebody is yelling at their podcast, no, you're incorrect, because I know I've done this to you guys plenty of times. <laughs> I actually really like that. I like to think that people uh, across the globe are yelling at us about the things we're wrong about. Oh, I know. Well, here I am. I'm going to step I step my foot into it for the first time. Got to get it. Got to do it once on this podcast. But I think this artifact has something to do with the uh, disappearing uh, colony ship. Okay. So I think this is like something that maybe will help point towards where that is. Oh, okay, cool. Um, so that, and again, that, you know, that's way down the line the persistent universe. Um, but uh, so the BB twelve man maneuvering unit is think of it like a, a frame that you would use for um, jetpacks. For what? Um, think of it like like a like a, a space like an astronaut's rig for floating around. Okay. Okay. So it's like a powered uh, backpack with jets on it that you can use to move around. And I, I don't know if they'll... I don't know where that will... Nice. Because currently in Arena Commander, they have little little maneuvering thrusters on your spacesuit. So I don't know right. what, wh- where this will actually... What this will actually become, if they'll turn this into some, like, a thruster kit or something, or what this will actually be. But, I uh, would, yeah. I, I, yeah, I would guess maybe, maybe it adds more speed and maneuverability to the stock... Um, EVA kit. Okay. Yeah, that's very possible. Sure, why not? I don't know what the J-Span Cryo Star Cooler is. That's I think, has something to do with the, um... What's it? The, uh... uh, That's a piece of technology that you can use for your, um... 
ship, like for modifications. Well, isn't that the engine tuning kit? Oh, that's specifically for engines. Right. Maybe this is for other things. Yeah, I think it's for other things. I don't know. Nice. It, it sounds neat. It does sound neat. I uh, I had a feeling none of it was in my hangar because there were no pictures for any of this stuff. Right. Um, and they haven't shown anything in like around the verse or reverse the verse. So I had a feeling that none of this was going to be in the hangar. But I, I thought at least the war bond would be in there. Yeah, I was surprised to see that that wasn't there either. Huh. Well, maybe soon. In any case, uh, so you're a backer, but you're not a subscriber. Correct. Okay, and you've been backing for uh, not too much longer than me. Well, so, you're, so my oldest package is a 2013 package. Ah, okay. Um, and that's the Super Hornet that I have. Okay. Um, and then after that uh, comes my um, Aurora. Uh, and Aurora was in 2014. So nice. that's okay. that's where I stand. Yeah, mine's uh, twenty nine forty four. I uh, and, and I've talked about this on the show. I I actually like plopped some money down for the game. Um, like literally the week Arena Commander went live. Ah, okay. God, and it's so funny to think back on the way Arena Commander was. It's so different from the way now. It is now. So different. Oh my god, Completely. is it different? Uh, the Hornet was the only ship that was flyable, and uh, it was the the full on. Uh, the, like the military yeah, the F- where it actually had the, the F7A had the, yeah mm-hmm. with the mounted turret and that was so overpowered well uh, to be fair the Super Hornet which is sort of as close as we get to that right now is still pretty right. overpowered that's true that's true oh memories misty watercolored memories I do miss using the giant Gatling guns yeah those were a lot of fun I was I was kind of bummed about the, that first uh, the first major update to the uh, to the to Arena Commander where they actually nerfed that. Yeah, yeah, it's not to, not nearly as feasible as it used to be. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, but I mean, yeah, it's just amazing how far we've come, um, even just in Arena Commander. But um, let's uh, let's round up some of the stuff that we didn't that we're not really going to talk too much about. Sound good? Fair enough. So, uh, monthly studio report came out for January. Uh, anyone who's a fan of the show knows that historically we don't usually read that month that much. Uh, <laughs> monthly report is fairly dense. Uh, needless to say, uh, there was a lot of work that was done this past month. Uh, I would say if you're interested, go read it. Uh, I will say that anybody that says that CIG isn't transparent in their development cycle is crazy. Aside from all the information that we get every month, the January report is just volumes of information from reporting in from every office. And um, if you're really, really into that stuff, if you're really into the deep dive, I recommend, by all means, go read it. Uh, For me, and I think I speak for Gleep, after we get past the second or third paragraph, it starts turning into like Charlie Brown's teacher. (laughs) Exactly. I will admit I skimmed it lightly. Um, I did look at all the pictures though, because oh, the pictures yeah, are delightful. Yeah, and I gotta say, that Reliant man, mm-mm, looking sexy. Mm-hmm. It is looking very sexy. Was there anything that you gleaned from the report from a quick skim? Nothing. Nothing that really stands out at me. I mean, basically, yeah. it's like we're we're trucking ahead. We're getting there. <laughs> we're working. We're doing our thing. Right. Um, yeah, and the thing is, like a lot of the key elements, it's it's a report. On the previous month. So a lot of those key elements are things that we talk about in the show all right. month long. Things that we already know that we've seen have already been in, in development or have been mentioning already. It's sort of like everything in like the month in review. 
Exactly, exactly. Uh, we got a little bit of lore this week, as we do every week. Uh, we got uh, Showdown, the March 2. Uh, and uh, in this week's show, uh, Era, Area, Area? Yeah, Area, sure. Uh, Area and her guests talk the UEE's current path to open military conflict with the Vanduul. Um, this is a cool little show. It's like um, the, the showdown is kind of like a um, like a talking points type of show. I've read a lot of uh, these. They're really interesting. And this particular yeah, one, the, especially for what it bodes for Squadron 42, really neat stuff. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of um, insight into what's going on currently um, in the verse uh, that you can glean from from shows like this. There's another one, um, I forget what it's called, but it's kind of like a like a radio uh, personality that does a, does a show as well. He's kind of like a conspiracy theorist. I, I know what I you're talking the name about of that one. Yeah, yeah, but that one's really good too. Uh, we also got a uh, galactic uh, guide update: the uh, Tayak system. And uh, just a brief description, uh, it's a uh, simple system with a complicated past. Uh, Teok has showcased the best and worst of humanity over the four centuries in which it's been occupied. Uh, it was discovered in the early 26th century during the Eastern Expansion Program. And uh, the G-Class main sequence star system was first visited in 2524 by the UPE, by a UPE pilot, uh, further exploring the uh, Terra jump point to Magnus. Uh, it's home to three planets and an asteroid belt. Uh, the system, uh, then known as uh, 368A, was classified by surveyors as a commercial, commercially deve- commercial development. Uh, and the innermost planet uh, noted as a potential terraforming candidate. So what's interesting is apparently this was during the rise of the Mesa era, and uh, Tyak 1 was set up to be an experimental planet for uh, basically like a black ops experimental planet. And what they were experimenting with was the ability to de-terraform a planet. Right. I, I read through they the w- guide on this, and they terraformed and de-terraformed planet over and over and over again to try and refine the process and make it faster so they could use it as a weapon. Right. And and then they ended up basically destroying any ability to terraform the planet going forward. Right. It's interesting so, that it proves that you can de-terraform a planet and re-terraform it again if necessary. Right, right, right. And it's interesting, too, that they weren't that while they were able to de-terraform and re-terraform, they were never really able to weaponize the technology. Right. So it was basically basically abandoned. Um, so the system's not very popular, uh, not not populated, and not safe. So I would imagine that this is going to be a haven of pirates uh, and uh, other uh, nefarious individuals, and probably just a sightseeing expedition once it goes live. Actually, how far mm. did you read down the 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 guide? Because this I thought I read the whole thing. What did I miss? This is the system where the ark is built. Oh, right. This is the other half. So, and they mentioned in here that, you know, there's been the, the bad and the good of the UEE in the system. This is where they built the Ark. Right. Thank you, Ace. So, there you saved have it. you from some people screaming at their podcasts. <laughs> Very nice. Um, everybody that uh, every, anybody that listens to this show knows I'm a huge fan of lore, so uh, I apologize in advance for spending a little time on that. Uh, some interesting stuff we gleaned from official CIG. Uh, reverse the verse. I love reverse the verse. Are you a fan of reverse the verse? I again, I skim it. A lot of this information I glean. A lot of it from Reddit. Uh, I sort of okay. get the highlights. 
Yeah, Reddit's really good like that, too. I don't spend a lot of time on Reddit, though. Well, I don't have a lot of time to listen to podcasts because I spend a lot of time talking to people at my work. But I can sometimes have a second <laughs> screen open and browse Reddit while I'm working. Nice, nice. Well, um, for Reverse the Verse 2516, uh, I'm sure everyone's aware the Free Fly weekend has been extended until the 14th. Uh, the 14th is also when the Squadron 42 and Star Citizen proper uh, packages are going to split. And then uh, February 14th, uh, Star Citizen, as mentioned, will no longer be sold together with Squadron 42. What was interesting, though, and I didn't realize this, was that they're priced at $45 each. However, if you decide to buy both, uh, one or the other will only be $15. So you'll still be able to buy, if you buy them together, you'll be able to buy them for only $60. So still AAA prices at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and that, I think that that makes sense, and I think that's fair. Yeah, I actually like it as a as a as a system for purchasing. Um, I I am very curious to see if they keep this because remember when we hit, I think it's like a hundred million or close to hundred million. They had um, removed the extra fee for alpha access. Right. So I wonder if they'll keep this or if they'll uh, modify it further or what's going to happen in the future. Now, has there been a... I don't go to the forums a whole lot. Um, I do occasionally um, the official CIG forums, uh, usually when I'm I'm looking for something specific. Has there been a whole lot of backlash on this? Mostly confusion, from what I gather. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, And I think even last week when we were talking about this, uh, either the announcement hadn't been made or they hadn't clarified yet, we were under the impression that it would be $90 to uh, purchase both of them if you bought them, you know, individually, which... If you buy one and then a month later buy another one, it will be $90. But if you buy them both together, it'll be 45 for one, 15 for the other, 60 total. Yeah, I like that. I, and I do feel like CIG has been careful not to price gouge. I mean, yeah. exorbitant ship sizes and prices well, notwithstanding. Yeah. But those are, yeah, those are voluntary. Mean, That's not for the base of the game. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm sure the internet, uh, the listeners out uh, out there that uh, that have a problem with the ship sales are like, wow, their heads are exploding. Right. But you're absolutely right. The, the ship sales are voluntary. They're they're not what you need to play the game. They're just uh, what uh, they're just the 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 items that we purchase to help develop the game. And I do think that there is a subset of people who could easily afford to buy themselves a Constellation if they really wanted to, but are Mm -hmm. interested in buying an Aurora LN with the intent purpose of building themselves up. And I think that's a really neat idea. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, you know, I've found in the past whenever I've I've used like a cheat code, like for example, uh, really like way way back in the day with the Sims, you know, that once the uh, development hacks came out to where you could give yourself an endless amount of money, the games kind of lost all their fun. Right. Right. Well, I mean, there yeah. is some of that where you know you strive to get the best X, whatever X is, but unless there's something to do with X when you once you have it, you sort of feel like all right, all that hard work to get here, but now what? Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and the nice thing is, uh, you know, of course, if, if you are backing uh, certain ships, there's going to be so much uh, ability to modify, go, you know, going forward once the game goes live that I think that will keep everybody busy. Um, but it's interesting. I mean, it's the same, like, for me, um, you know, I'm very interested in the Banu Merchantman, but that's an end game. Ship, right, like I said, something opinion. you work up to. Right, 
Right. And, and, and honestly, I'm very, very happy with my freelancer. If I can make a living with just my freelancer and one other person or, or an NPC, that might just be the way I go. Right. I'm very curious to see the people who like buy like a javelin or who, who buy an Idris or that's, you know, that's all they really want to use. I feel like their experience is going to be vastly different from the rest of us. Absolutely. Um, I'm also curious about the completionists because the thing is, like, you can't. I, well, maybe you can, but I, I can't imagine that you want to do everything in the game, right? And, and really, you can't. You know, consistently. You know, so I, I'm curious. I, I, I'd love to sit down and talk to a completionist. I think we have a couple in the in the org. I'd love to talk to them and just kind of get their insight um, into owning every ship in the right. game. Right. What do you plan to really, do? Really with cool. A, what do you plan right. to do with all of that? Right. It's really cool. I mean, more power to you. It's not my jam, but I'd just be curious. As, yeah, because, I mean, the thing is, they're, they're, there's probably an approach to owning every ship uh, or a thought uh, or a stream of consciousness about how to play with all of those ships that I'm not even thinking of. Right. Well, I can see some people using them as the backbones for an org. Like, yeah, these, this absolutely. is my stable of ships, and they're available, and they're available for, use. for right yeah. for for anybody that wants to use them. I yeah, would love absolutely. to see a completionist who had the money for it to turn their collection into like a uh under the wire or under the the, the radar ship sales like shady ship dealer. <laughs> I like it. Sounds good. Go to uh go to Big Benny's uh, used uh used Starship Emporium. Exactly. So uh, we uh, also, from uh, Reverse the Verse, uh, we got uh, the new subscriber page is going to launch on uh, Monday or today. I haven't had a chance to go over and take a look at it yet, so we'll have to see how that pans out. Uh, movable furniture and hangers will be coming when persistence and grabby hands are in. Uh, this uh, this makes sense now to me as far as the big push towards persistence over like you know uh, the grouping system. Uh, grabby hands is a key element to the game going forward, so it makes sense to me that it's like they're really pushing hard now to get persistence and grabby hands in the game because that is really kind of setting the stage for everything else they're going to be doing going forward. If they manage to make the grabby hand system work well in game, there are so many opportunities for interesting gameplay that come out of that. Oh, totally! It's going to be absolutely, uh, absolutely incredible, and they. they uh, we touch a little bit more about it a little later um, in the show. I think uh, during uh, during around the verse, we'll touch on this subject again. Uh, the uh, the Drake Interceptor has been given a name. It's the Drake Monarch, uh, and uh, and the uh, the writers are looking for community feedback on this ship. Uh, Ace, any thoughts? All I can think of is uh, the Venture Brothers. That's <laughs> funny. That's exactly what I was Doctor thinking. Doctor Monarch. Too. Uh huh. Absolutely. Uh, there are additional ships in concept that we don't even know about yet, which is interesting. The uh, caterpillar is getting a lot of love at the moment, uh, but no progress will be shown quite yet. Um, however, it won't be too long. Uh, only a couple of weeks estimated before results, whatever that means. Uh, I don't know if uh, the caterpillar is going to be hangar ready. That would be interesting. The uh, Herald is in limbo due to mechanics for it not being online and thus being a low priority. So the Herald went from a ship that was a priority for them, I know because I've been following that ship, to not being a priority. I think that's kind of interesting. I wonder if they've hit a wall or, or, or at least a, a concept wall on info running. Uh, I think part of it is the 
the horse running away with the cart. I think because they're trying to get Squadron 42 done and mm-hmm. make that happen on time, whatever. I mean, you know. They, yeah, whatever their timeline right, is. Right. Uh, that, that, that has basically pulled focus from anything else. That if yeah, they can get Squadron 42 and the ships related, which there are a lot. I mean, think about it. You've got possibly Xeon-related military ships, Banu-related military ships, UEE, and certainly the Vanduul. And all and both Vanduul and UEE, you've got capital ships, which are going to take a lot of time to make sure they get done right. Uh, yeah. That's that's a lot of, of asset creation and pulling. Uh, and I could see that where the bulk of their time gets pulled towards that. And then once Squadron 42 uh, is completed, or the, the first chapter is out for us, there will probably be a rubber band effect where all that focus snaps back and now the civilian ships get a lot more love. Yeah, now that makes sense. That, that absolutely makes sense. And the other thing, too, is you know we did see a, a fairly large influx of you know three or four uh, ships over the course of the last month or so. Um, so, uh, you know, it sounds like we'll be getting them in, in, in waves. Like, it seems like the Caterpillar is, is going to be as close to completion. And also, uh, they mentioned that the Starfarer, uh, Starfarer is, uh, was supposed to be released in January, uh, but there was a cutoff for when uh, stuff makes it into the patch, and that didn't happen, uh, into the 2.1 patch. Uh, they don't have a date yet, uh, but in the next couple of patches, it should appear. Interesting. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's like the first big. As I say, given the ship. size of it, that's that will be really interesting to see how that changes things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I wonder if, with the introduction of that ship, now we're talking about this ship, you know, coming in one of the next couple of patches, but it, it could just be hangar ready. It, it, you know, it's a good likelihood that we won't see it um, in the mini PU. But if we do, I wonder if this is the beginning of them starting to turn on the switch to all of the different multi-crew stations. Well, I mean, some of it already is is active. I know that later on we do get the community segment. We'll talk a little bit about people using the uh, crew stations. Shields. Yeah. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there is definitely some basic functionality there. So, um, also, uh, jump drives may or may not come standard with starter ships. However, every standalone ship can equip one. Companion ships like the Argo, the Merlin, the Archimedes uh, support a larger ship, and that's the reason why they do not have jump drives. Uh, I actually think this is kind of cool. I think it's a great tutorial uh, mechanic. So, for example, what I mean by that is you're a noob, and uh, you've got your Aurora, and it's got no jump drive on it. You could do a mission that basically you. The end result is that you get a jump drive, but it also teaches you or sets up how to teach you how to uh, to do a jump. Right. You earn just enough money to buy your first jump drive, and congratulations, right, right, the universe right. is now open to you. Right. And in the meantime, through the course of let's say you know whatever uh, the tutorial, uh, you're stuck in that one system, kind of learning the ropes of that one system. Right. Right. And, and of course, learning the how to fly the ships that you the ship that you have in a safe environment. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Because they're gonna they're gonna definitely start you off in uh, more secured uh, space. So. 
But uh, yeah, and then uh, I'd also like to take a second to thank In News, the Imperial News Network, uh, for their detailed reverse the verse coverage. A uh, little little secret uh, that is uh, where it, where Gleep and I go to actually pull our notes from Reverse the Verse when we don't have time to watch. So um, just a little shout out, a little bit of love to In News. You guys do fantastic work. Um, keep up the great job. And also in Around the Verse uh, from uh, two four sixteen uh, from the Spectrum. Uh, Darian in LA uh, mentioned that the three twenty five is getting an overhaul. Now, it's funny is he mentioned that and then immediately there was a little pop-up of, um, of uh, Disco Lando, of Jared Huckabee, uh, that uh, basically said that uh, an overhaul does not mean a rebuild. It is basically a, a pass-through of balancing the ship. Now, Ace, that's one of your – wasn't that one of your favorite ships? Uh, so the 325 is an origin ship. It's one of the 300 series vessels. I right. had an Avenger at one point, and I did try flying the 325. Uh, for okay. a short time, I did have one. Um, I feel like it could use a little bit more extra specialization. It does sort of feel like someone took a Mercedes-Benz and strapped a machine gun to it. So as <laughs> as a fighter, it doesn't feel quite as complete as a fighter should. Yeah, I, I, never, um, I never enjoyed using that ship in combat. The 325? I mean, it's better than the 300, but it yeah. it's marginally better. It's not like a Gladius or a saber or even a, a standard base hornet in that it's right. able to, to hold its own in combat. Like I said, it feels like a Mercedes with a machine gun strapped to it. Mm-hmm. No, totally. Uh, Jake and Austin, uh, they, uh, they took a fiction pass at the uh, Ledsky landing zone. Uh, apparently, Dave Haddock uh, went through the level to um, to enhance uh, to to enhance the lore to make sure that the lore matched up with the actual level, and then they also took a lighting pass on it. Uh, this is also happening with the Nyx landing zone, so it's nice to see that they're moving forward with not just the stuff that they've talked about, but I think this is the first time we're hearing about Letsky, Yeah, yeah, I've, I've, that's that's the first I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah, same here. So I really curious as to see you know how they're going to tie in or, or when they're going to release um, different systems and, and and what I mean by that is different star systems and allow for us to start using the jump mechanic it would be nice to see yeah no absolutely uh, Tom in the UK uh, said that the Idris is flying but in a very very basic form uh, they've got apparently a long way to go with it uh, as a matter of fact they think they might have even broke the game uh, in its maiden voyage, so they've got a lot of work to do on the Idris, but it did fly. That's good. It's good to hear. Progress is progress. Yeah, absolutely. They're also uh, starting to take a harder look at griefing and player hostility uh, in the mini PU, so I think that's that's cool. I think they've given it enough time now to where they can kind of see, make a determination between what's um, what's emerging gameplay and what's just straight up griefing. Right. Then uh, Brian in Frankfurt uh, had a lot of uh, had a lot to say about AI code, uh, working on prototyping pipeline systems and improving weapons and engine optimization, and working on cinematics and lots of other technical stuff that went way over my head. Uh, Brian seems like a very no nonsense kind of guy. Kind of just jumps right in with both feet uh, first and just like, all right, here we go. We're gonna this is what we're doing. Just- and like he kind of he looks at the camera with these kind of like dead eyes where it's just like I hate doing this so I'm gonna do this and here it is and this is what we're doing we're working our butts off can I get back just to work now gotta go yeah <laughs> <laughs> gotta get back to work 
<laughs> so, um, Jared Disco Lando Huckabee sat down with uh, Luke Presley. He's the lead designer of Star Citizen Live. And that includes Arena Commander, the tutorial, uh, and the Crusader map. So, he's a busy guy. Uh, he's basically, they're talking about uh, trying to uh, build or rebuild the tutorial for the game uh, and the difficulties in doing that because the game is is iterative and it's always changing. So, I, you know, I, that makes sense. You know, you do one thing for the tutorial, the tutorial and then three months later, the game's completely different. Now you've got to go back and revisit it. I was going to say, you know, some things have changed since the first version of the tutorial came out. I actually haven't gone back and played it since then. Yeah, I, uh, it's funny. I actually went back and played it uh, a few weeks ago, and it was a disaster. It's all bugged out. It's all. It's not happy right now. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So um, it might be more stable now. This was this was when uh, the PTU first launched. Maybe maybe a month, month and a half ago. So it might be more stable now. But holy cow, it was not happy. I'll have to give it a try afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking more to the Crusader map, the mini PU. I didn't realize this, but Crusader, the actual planet, is to scale with Jupiter. Whoa. That's insane. Whoa. Really? Wow. Yes. That's the, that's they were saying is it's to scale with Jupiter. Uh, eventually, you're going to be able to fly completely around Crusader. Apparently, right now, you can't do that. It's more of like a funnel mm. type, type, thing, type situation. Interesting. Yeah. So they're saying that eventually, you'll be able to, to, um, to fly all the way around it. Uh, Yella currently also has, I wasn't aware of this, 6,000 asteroids in that area, and it's getting bigger. That doesn't surprise me. Uh, and you can mm-hmm. fly all the way around Yella. Yes, you can. Takes about 10 minutes. Yep. Yep. Uh, the uh, They're also working on uh, changing the, the way the asteroids populate. They're, they're talking about streaming them in, uh, for, and then for long term, making them uh, destructible. That I mean, you got to do that eventually. If if yeah, Jonto's totally. Orion is to be useful at any point, got to have destructible asteroids. Fair enough. Uh, they had also talked about, and I thought this was really interesting. Uh, they talked talked a little bit about uh, trying to add some racing in the Crusader, uh, and they they mentioned Yella specifically um, about how cool it would be to maybe put uh, checkpoints in the asteroid field, and you basically have to race through the asteroid field. Well, we were doing that earlier. Uh, again, something to yeah, mention yeah. is we were doing that. I mean, people have already started doing some of that. Where just like, yeah. Just do a, ge- a gentleman's race around the asteroid field. Yeah, they've, they've, they talked about that as well, um, that, that people are already doing it and that it would be nice to give them the ability to measure or track that. So I thought that was really cool. Uh, Big Benny's uh, for the hangar. Lando floated that question. Uh, Luke gave a solid maybe. I would love a Big Benny in the hangar. <laughs> I don't know if I want a Big Benny in the hangar. I would love the, um, the glitched, like, broken Big Benny from the, uh, what's it, uh, from the Kovalex shipping hub, the one that that, that has its, its sound card broken, so it skips and it sounds weird and distorted. <laughs> nice. That would go into the asteroid hangar. Yes, it would. It's a hot mess anyway. Yeah, exactly. Uh, ship shape. They talked about uh, LODs, and uh, up until watching this, I kept saying to myself, "WTF are LODs?" I'm surprised had, you didn't know. I, I don't. I, I don't get too deep into um, the guts of, of game development. I don't care. Uh, fair enough. You know what I mean, I'm just like, oh, okay, whatever. I, I first you heard know. the term uh, back modding uh, X-wing alliance because an LOD is basically a level of detail pass 
for right. a vehicle depending upon the distance it is from the viewer. Right. And so, like, learning, I was like, oh, so that's why a lot of ships have, like, two or three models where it's like, this is the super low poly from a distance, here's medium distance, then here's where it's right in your face, and it's and all its high poly glory. Exactly. And that was actually specifically what uh, Jared sat down and talked to Patrick uh, Salerno about. Uh, he had talked about the varying models and the viewable distance, and I uh, thought it was very interesting, very cool. It was one of those rare occasions where you know my mind didn't shut off, and I actually watched the whole thing. Ah, very nice. Yeah, uh, congrats to STL Youngblood for uh, winning uh, MVP this week. Uh, Well-deserved. I thought uh, I, I always catch a video or two of his, and he always puts up really, really solid content. So it was nice to see him win uh, MVP. Yeah, I, I definitely like his. He's very solid with, with the stuff that he makes. Yeah, yeah. I've um I, I've gone to him for um for a lot of different uh, different types of videos, and I always think that's interesting. He's uh, more recently, I think he's been talking about uh, Arc, the uh, different systems in Arc, which I think is really cool. Um, he'll talk about excuse me. He'll talk about uh, different ships, pros and cons of different ships. Uh, flight mechanics, uh, different peripherals. So he really does uh, cover a very broad spectrum uh, for Star Citizen. I think that's that's pretty cool. I think him and Tactical Advance are the two guys I instantly think of when someone mentions Star Citizen videos. And gray-headed gamer. Yeah, and gray. Yeah, and gray-headed gamer. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Very, uh, very, very vocal. Uh, very heavy contributors to the community. And then, of course, the sneak peek this week uh, from around the verse, if any, if you missed it, go check it out, uh, is uh, the uh, Miss Starfarer. So Do you have pretty. A chance to see this? So pretty. So pretty. Really. Seriously. There is, like, lots of room on that ship. That, did, you, did you see the, the last shot where they blew off the cockpit section? Uh-huh. Oh, yep. man. Very, very cool. Gotta love it. Which makes me wonder, what, what sort of weaponry are you using to do that kind of damage? Yeah, exactly. Um, well, you know, if uh, you get an Idris in there taking shots at it, oh man, my my mind a, a horde a horde of pirates. <laughs> the auroras they blot out the sun. <laughs> totally. And then uh, ten for the chairman uh, this past Monday, uh, number seventy five. Uh, some interesting questions. Uh, Void Hunter asked. Uh, We've heard a great many things about the repair and item system. My question is, currently, during flight, uh, will we have time to do all of these wonderful things? Uh, once a constellation starts taking damage, for example, in flight, it seems you only have about one to two minutes uh, before their dust. And I'm paraphrasing a little bit. And Chris basically wrote that the goal is to have... Um, to have an, an in-ship repair system uh, that does have some effect on the longevity of the ship, but it just needs to be balanced. Um, currently, the ship is not balanced, obviously, um, and more than likely, it's destroyed too quickly. So damage stats still need to be sorted out. Uh, there's still a lot of work to do on the multi-cruise ships. Uh, that is still very much in development, and that makes sense. Um, you know, if if one of the main goals, and Chris has stated this uh to really set Star Citizen apart from any other game is the multi-crew aspect. They got a lot of work to do on it. Yeah. Oh, definitely. It's 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 good, but it it's got a lot to go. Yeah. It's it basically the ship flies. You can manipulate the shields, and you can't hit anything with a turret. 
Yeah. <laughs> that is actually <laughs> so, a pretty succinct description. Yeah, and the thing is, I'm not complaining. You know, it, 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 the game is in development. We all know that. Um, but but the simple fact is that I think that, that people that are stressed about the current gameplay of multi-crew should take a breath, take a step back, and realize that, and Chris has said this, that it is a core feature of Star Citizen. It is still being worked on. They got a long way to go. Um, again, goes back to you know the way Arena Commander was when it first launched versus the way Arena Commander is now. Well, I mean, it's worth pointing out that when Arena Commander first launched, we didn't have six degrees of freedom, and right? Now right. we have that and crews and all sorts of other neat stuff. So exactly. So imagine you know those of us that that played Arena Commander when it first launched and the way it is now. Imagine you know put that in context with the way multi crew is now at first launch versus the way it will be when they've got it to where they want it. So I think um, we've got a lot of work left to go on it. Uh, Cliff, which, by the way, great name. How do you get just Cliff? It's like getting just Bob. Well, I say Cliff, if if your name is just Cliff, I feel like you belong in the 1950s. (laughs) Fair enough. I can't argue that. Uh, So he asks... Are there any plans to populate the space slash night sky with images of far off galaxies, nebulas, pulsars, so on and so forth that basically match up with the arc, right? So, for example, um, if you're at a system that uh, has a line of sight on, let's say, Terra, that you would see the Terra system. And Chris said, yes, long term, they want to line everything up with the star map. Oh, I'm so excited. Well, my um, could you imagine that, jumping from a system into an unknown an unknown system and like looking at the night sky and comparing with like say an a computer like a, like like an app on your phone or like a second screen and going the night sky we're looking at doesn't match anything that's been seen before. We're in new yep. space. Yep, that would be very cool. I am so excited about this. It, it's a little detail that makes my immersion just so completely unpucker and become overwhelmingly inviting. Uh, Okay, that's a little bit much. (laughs) TMI? Um, No, I love this type of stuff. Just breathe it in. uh, Yeah, just take it in. Take it in. My immersion, unpuckering. But um, uh, this, these are the types of things that I actually, that I live for. Um, that, that these little things that, that really tie in the the universe and make it feel like it's something that's alive and living and breathing. So I'm very excited for that. Obviously, a little ways off, but still very cool. It'd be interesting to see if they, if if at some point in the long you know long term of things, if people can fly by dead reckoning. Where you wow, look, that would be cr- that would be crazy. Where you're like you look at the star chart or a map or something, and you go, "Okay, this map matches this system. That star is the one I need to go to." Angle jump. Right, 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 right. Oh, that would be that would be crazy. And you know, there's going to be people out there that that that's the only way they fly. Right. And when you when you mention that you're pulling up the star map, they're going to be like, "Noob." <laughs> <laughs> um, Game Pat asked. Uh, is uh, or it is planned to ch- or wow that's a weird note sorry gamepad asks let's try this one more time uh, the used notification um, it, going forward are we going to see something that better represents the action in other words right now as you know everything that we have the ability to to interact with in the verse just says use 
And he wants to know if there'll be things like enter pilot seat, open door, exit ship. Chris replied that that was all part of the uh, of the item system or item system 2.0, uh, which we might see in 2.3 or 2.4. It's being built in LA. Um, the uh, and contextually, and uh, you're going to be allowed to open not just open a door, but kick open a door. Or when the door's open, it'll change to close the door. Or, for example, if you have a radio in your hand, there'll be, a, you know, turn radio on, turn radio off. But once you turn radio on, there'll be an option in the menu to dial in a, uh, a particular station, for example. Uh, so this was the part that I wanted, that I was talking about from earlier in the show, the, the whole thing with persistence and grabby hands. This kind of calls back to that. And understanding now what the long-term plan is and what they're trying to get done, I get it. I get why um, the grouping system is kind of on hold because grabby hands and persistence opens the door to every other aspect of the game. It seems to me like that is a critical, critical part going forward. I, I couldn't agree more. The thing about grabby hands that interests me the most is smuggling. They talk about, like, mm-hmm. the one once a time, uh, quite a while ago, there was a documentation about uh, the cargo system and how grabby hands meant that you could load a box with multiple items of cargo of, the, of different sizes and types. Right. And that, so, I mean, you had, the, you had the option where you could have a scenario where you have, like, a bunch of med kits, and in the center of those med kits was a rifle because you were smuggling that rifle somewhere. And that you right. just pack that by hand, so you could you could quietly smuggle something, and you know when they scan the case, all they see is med kits, and they don't see the rifle inside. Mm-hmm. But the only way you can do that sort of thing is either by proxy of some kind with a screen, or by physically packing it. And the only way you can pack that is with grabby hands. So yeah, totally. Um, it's yeah, I think I think grabby hands and persistence. Um, it, it makes sense to me because the thing is, and and I think we all agree, it's frustrating that we can't all play together. It it makes it difficult um, when we're all together to try and do something when you know we're constantly jockeying to try and get into the same instance. Um, but going through the the all of the different material from this week um, between reverse the verse intent for the chairman. Um, the picture really becomes clear the importance of getting persistence and getting grabby hands, um, you know, basically getting the getting item system 2.0 in place. So um, I'm really excited for that. Uh, I'm really looking forward to when when we're going to see the item system 2.0. Um, I would imagine, obviously, we're going to see persistence uh, first uh, and then, you know, grabby hands. I would guess it's not going to be too much further behind that. Fair enough. So, interesting to see. And then uh, uh, Rando asked, um, I really enjoy the uh, content you're releasing on the web like the Ark Star Map. Uh, It would be amazing to be able to tailor our character's face in a similar way. Could we have an external character model editing tool so that we could work on them outside the client software? And Chris, in a much nicer way, said basically no. Uh, you know, he went on to explain a little bit, but he said that there's no plans for that, um, that this is going to happen in Squadron 42 and it's going to happen in Star Citizen proper. Um, and to pull that, to take the time away from developing that in CryEngine to make a browser-based character creator just didn't make any sense. 
Um, I agree. I agree 110 percent. Sorry, Rando. I mean, you know, I dig I dig the question. Um, and as as a bit of a narcissist who can't wait to create himself in game, I understand where you're coming from. But I, I, I completely disagree with dedicating any resources to something like that. Um, it, it should go towards the actual character creation in game. You know, I think I know where this question may have come from. Did you did you hear about much about the Korean MMO? I think Black Desert and its super fancy character creation system. Chris Chris actually referenced that. Ah, okay. So, so what's I, I didn't have a chance to actually look look it up. So what's the story? So this with that? is the this is a Korean MMO called Black Desert or I think it's Black Deseret. I'm not sure how it's pronounced, but um and it has a really really high intensity character creation system where you can make some of the most uh, insanely detailed characters. Um, and one of the things that they did was they released a standalone version of their character creation kit that you can download. It's basically the game running in a, in a tiny engine, and it's just the creation tool, and that's all it is. And it allows you to create uh, and design. I mean, basically, it runs as sort of like a miniature marketing tool, and that you like you create your character, and you go, "Oh, look, this character is right, so right, cool! Right. I should I should play them in game." Um, but you know, they created that after the game was released. So okay, uh, I mean the the character creator, you know, there was news articles and stuff about about how effective it was, but it was all part of the in-game system, and they only later, once the game came out, did they ever take this character creation system, sort of partition it and make it available as a standalone system. So I understand where he's coming from, certainly. Yeah, I, I do too. And they've got I, a lot on their it. plate already as it is. I understand why they yeah. go, no, not right now. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. It's just. I don't, um, I don't see the reason to to pull resources away for something like that. I think really at the end of the day, it's more about just being patient. Agreed. You know? I get it, I do, um, but I think it's just just be patient. You know. Uh, so uh, that about wraps up the official CIG news in. Uh, things kind of away from not Star Citizen related uh, there is this amazing alt workstation that is out there uh, Ace I know you had an opportunity to take a look at this video correct? I cannot believe this is a thing I really so, can't for the, for the listening audience uh, it's called alt workstation and what it is is it is a, a workstation that allows you to sit upright to sit uh, like a like a recliner, like a couch, to lay completely flat, or to turn into a standing desk. Uh, it is a completely modular, uh, totally uh, automated desk system, and it is absolutely amazing. So here's my will, here's my question: Do you think this is actually feasible? Yeah, I totally think it's feasible. I, I w working working in an industry where we do where we fabricate things all the time. This is completely doable. As a matter of fact, isn't that a? I don't think that's a render. That's an actual working prototype. Oh, I know. I'm I'm just saying compared to there's there's what you see as a production model and versus what you know like on a video versus well, what you have in the real world. And I've used I've used standing and sitting desks before. And and they're never quite as smooth or as functional as this video shows them to be. Well, here's the thing. This this reminds me of a dentist's chair. That's very true. 
uh, with, with including the the rotoscoping arm that that he's got the uh, that you've got your keyboard and your mouse on, um, and the monitor the way the monitor is mounted, it really at the end of the day just looks like a high end dentist chair. And I do sort of well, sort of the question that I wonder is, I wonder what sort of businesses this would be used in, because I can't imagine. Well, I, I certainly that you know I probably won't be seeing this thing anytime soon. So at a, at a four thousand dollar price tag for a single workstation. My boss would well, be yeah. like, uh, we'll get you a $30 chair and <laughs> right. a $100 and stand desk. the rest of the time. Right, exactly. Right. Yeah, no, it, it is, um, and that's what I was going to say, is it's not cheap. At $4,000, it's, it's fairly expensive, but it is a stunning, stunning workstation. Um, I, I hope that uh, this is something that comes down in price over the years and becomes more kind of standard issue. Um, I can say that um, I, I actually at work, um, I was recently able to get um, through getting a doctor's note from work. I was able to get a, a standing slash sitting desk uh, overlay that sits on top of my desk. Yeah, okay. And it allows me, there's uh, little levers on the side that lets me you know, pull it up so I can stand and then bring it back down so I can sit. Um, and I found that to be just absolutely incredible. Um, it's, it's so much better on my back. And the thing is, you know, going forward, if our society is going to be sitting at desks all the time, we got to do something better because we've basically, and, and the video even talks about this. We've had, we've sat at desks the same way since we started sitting at desks. Yeah. I mean, it really hasn't changed much. I mean, they've got ergonomic no. chairs, but even that's even not enough. But yeah, and, 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 and the desk, we know it's bad for us, right? The desk that I have, uh, or that I had at Providence, um, was a, a pneumatic desk. It just rose and 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 fell. Like you could just press a button and it would automatically lower itself. And everybody in the nice. in this in the center had one. Um, the the difference was that what I did is I set my desk at standing height, and then I got uh, one of the chairs that could raise up to that height. And so I would just hop up in the chair when I wanted to work on it, and then I just hop down when I wanted to stand. Nice. I'm a, I'm loving the ability to stand. I don't do it all day. Usually, I've I've kind of found like a routine where it's like I get in in the morning and I usually sit until about one, and then about one o'clock I usually uh, stand uh, for about about two three hours, and then I feel so nice to sit back down. But um, but I love it. I think it's great. And this alt workstation is absolutely incredible. Um, I you know at four thousand dollars, I think it's safe to say that pretty much all of us out there in podcast land are not going to be buying one anytime soon. Um, but it's emerging technology that um, I think is absolutely stunning. It's it's beautifully designed. Um, if if it works as shown, um, I can see this being the future of um, desks in general. That's very true. I can so, see this thing but, being uh, something that's used at a place like Valve, maybe. In that, yeah. in that they, because I've I've heard about the way that Valve is set up, and that they don't have. Um, like traditional desks set, set up like they move around a lot from place to place when they're, they're working on mm-hmm. projects so just yeah. feel like you just take your workstation with you yeah no absolutely absolutely so good stuff and um, on that note uh, I think we're about ready to close out the show Ace what do you think you think we did an okay job Ooh, oh man I'm just I'm just glad it's over man <laughs> I'm just glad it's over well, support Engine uh, for all your site hosting needs. Um, I am a big fan of Engine. Uh, it's where our community, Versecast.org, lives. Uh, John, uh, more recently, the one, the only Jonto, did an amazing update on the site. Uh, the site's absolutely beautiful, and uh, Engine uh, pretty much takes care of all of our communal needs. 
That sounded bad, didn't it? A little bit. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest here. A little bit. A little weird. You know, the unpuckered immersion, immersion the communal, communal needs. needs. It's, this show's off the rails. Uh, I want to uh, thank Ronald Jenkins for letting us use his music. Check him out at ronaldjenkins.com. Be sure to check out Star Citizen The Base Radio at radio.starcitizenbase.com. Uh, you can find a rebroadcast of uh, the previous week's Versecast every Sunday afternoon. Uh, you can reach the podcast by email at comms at versecast.org. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at uh, Versecast. And be sure to use the hashtag TGWS for all your those guys with chips and Versecast uh, communal chats. I'm going to use that word like Communal all chats. <laughs> all right, come on. Before this thing falls our, into the ground. <laughs> our, um, our RSI uh, Star Citizen uh, org can be found at robertspaceindustries.com slash orgs slash versecast. Uh, please upvote us on the RSI community hub in the podcast and deep space radar section. Links will be in the show notes. Uh, on Steam, we are those guys with ships. And uh, be sure to check uh, check out the gaming community website at versecast.org. I feel like I said that earlier. You may have. Uh, well, crazy. you mentioned you mentioned comms at versecast.org before. There you go. That must be what it is. My name is Gleep. Oh, wait. No. My name is Jimmy. Uh, you can find me most chatty over at Twitter, at Jimmy Croker. Uh, you can also find me uh, every... Thursday night at 9 p.m. PST and Saturday at 1 p.m. PST doing my show Quantum Drive over on the base. It is a combination of lore and music. Uh, I mix the two together to try and tell a delightful story in the Star Citizen universe. Ace, where can the good folks find you? I'm Ace Azamine, and I'm not sure what I'm doing here. It's so strange. It's too early to I be know, finishing. I know. This is so. Yeah. This is so not your jam. No. No. It's not my jam. Um, my name's Ace Azamine. Uh, you can find me uh, on Steam as Ace Azamine. I finally made the jump there. Um, That's impressive. I know, right? It only took a couple of button clicks. Um, and, <laughs> and you're finally checking it now, too. Yes. Uh, and I'm Ace at uh, FirstCast.org, as well as Ace Azamine87 at gmail.com. So email me either or, uh, and then uh, my Twitch is uh, twitch.tv slash delandow87. I need to change that at some point. So I can get everything Ace Azamine, and then I get to say like like Jonto used to, I'm Ace Azamine everywhere. Yeah, I use my um, I use my old handle on uh, my, on our consoles, and um, right now I'm playing Helldivers, and it's my old handle, and I'm like, oh, I really want to change that so bad. Yeah, same here. All right, well, until next time then, we are Those Guys with Ships, and this has been the Versecast. See you guys. Bye. Wow, that was weird. That was weird. It was very strange. I like, I like when Gleep drives the bus. I don't have to talk quite as much.